Listen to Irish Radio, Kendra's home and abroad at Folk Alliance International New Orleans, where uh, Ireland are very well represented with numerous artists, one of those being Mick Flannery, who is from Blarney and uh, is over uh, showcasing. Uh, Mick, thanks a million for coming along for a chat. Thanks for And giving me the opportunity to share a bit about you with anyone that's listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Straight from Cork, uh, <laughs> and and uh, while while I claim Galway, I have enough dilution from ver- various other parts that I can claim a bit of everything. Um, but you're a proud Cork man. Well, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I don't know if I, I like Cork. Cork pride gets a bit of a bad rap because I think we took it too far. In some wait, do you have a rebel passport? No, no. You know. I think we've annoyed the rest of the country by having too much cock pride. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense, really. <laughs> so anyway, so who's Mick Flannery? I am a kind of a miserable singer-songwriter from Blarney. <laughs> I grew up outside Blarney, about a mile outside Blarney. Um, I'm not very interesting in general, really, I wouldn't say. Um, <laughs> um, I, I like music. Right. I got into songwriting when I was about 15 or 16. I started to play the guitar and I wanted to be like Kurt Cobain. And I just kind of kept it going. I didn't really tell anybody that I was writing songs until I was about 20. And then I was in that course I was telling you about, the Cross to Sleep on Nathan course. I went to that instead of going to college. Right. My parents warned me that if you pursue this life, like, you'll probably always be poor. And they were right. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoy, I've enjoyed it a lot. And like, I, I've, been, I've been lucky in comparison to, you know, the majority of people that try to, to take this live, uh, on as a living. You know. But as I see it here, when you were 19, so you didn't have to wait you were 20, you were the first Irish songwriter to win the Nashville-based international songwriting competition. I think that, that might have been juiced up a little bit for, for impact. Well, it's on your website. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's pure, definitely propaganda. <laughs> No, I, th- I don't. Th- I think I must have been at least twenty. Oh, okay. Well, you were looking at twenty. You yeah, were looking at one direction or another. Yeah. <laughs> and and at twenty-one, you were signed for a major level and, and a, a release. Yeah. So you were being noticed. Uh, I I kind of had a I I was like I was lucky, I guess. You know, because I, I kind of got away with being as miserable as I wanted to be, like songwriting-wise. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have to compromise too much. To, to reach into your soul and the express industry. pain. Well, no, and I say that because, and I'm not being facetious on one level, but like everything I hear is that songwriting is an expression uh, of something that's deep inside, and if you're in touch with your emotions, you're better able to express it. Whereas if you were as happy as Larry Afton with not a care in the world, would you be able to reach in as much and, and create? It seems like it seems difficult for people if they don't have any struggle or any wall to butt up against. Yes. The, the struggle to kind of create art because it seems to need some type of tension or conflict underneath. Yeah. And I suppose the difference would be if, if you don't have all that, what you're getting is pop. Yeah. To some degree. 
I mean, pop is kind of it's, it's designed for Friday night. Forget all your troubles. Yeah. Spend all your money. Take right. the stuff, right? So whereas folk and and what you would do is design. It works for the hangover on the, on the Sunday morning. You want to listen to someone who makes you feel like there's someone out there who has it worse. <laughs> so I, I always listen to Leonard Cohen when I have a hangover. Although he's he's dead now, so it's hard to think that he's not. Worse off. When you mention Leonard, when you mention Leonard Cohen, who would have influenced you? I like I like people like Leonard Cohen and anyone who seems to have put some good deal of thought into their lyrics. You know, right. I like. I just I like good stories and I like ones, you know I like good writing. Right. So if if a song. If a song doesn't have good lyrics, it's a kind of it just it doesn't feel like a song to me. Um, so the lyrics should need to stand on their own two feet, effectively. Yeah, I mean they don't like if you, to read them on paper. Sometimes a good song doesn't actually look that poetic, but married to the melody, it, it can make a lot of sense. Uh, I can't think of a good example of that now, but I, I think you know what I mean because of the amount of repetition that's involved in a song. Right. They don't look like poems when you write them down. No, and, and I accept that also when you recite, it's different than when you sing. Yeah. And I think depending on the words you're looking at, some words may stand better by recitation, whereas others need they need the, the intonation yeah. that goes with the voice and the music. It morphs it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I like Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan and Tom Waits because I felt they were all very good at that. Right, right. You know. so that's, that's the kind of... The, the marriage of the melody and the lyric is... And, and why it works in some cases and not in another. Right. Like you could have a good, a decent line and you can, you can make it into something kind of semi-magical by putting it with the right melody. Okay. Or you could make it into something quite mundane by putting it with the wrong melody. Yes. Yeah. You know? And there's no real exact science to it. Like people don't really understand why it is certain notes married to certain words right. cause people to feel more so than than others. It's not science. It's not scientific. No. Well, I was I was intrigued when I watched the Elton John movie. I haven't seen that one. Where he and where the lyrics are written and he gets the lyrics and he puts the melody to it and the two of them are capable of working independently because his skill set is to be able to read the words and come up with the right melody yeah. and, and um, you know it just, what you just said makes so much sense in that way because with the wrong melody the words that he may have received could fall flat. Yeah, they don't. They don't get kind of in a given life. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So when that. when when you got that 2021 um, and you get a record deal, um, like you got what an awful lot of aspiring artists are craving at that stage in your career that you got the shot in the arm that gives you the. the, the I got a kind of a boost. It would give you a boost of confidence. Yeah. And I can like that. I kind of feel like that. A little bit of confidence, ex external confidence. Yeah. 
is, is kind of what pushes people along in, in anything, you know. If you don't, if you, if you're doing something and nobody's kind of encouraging you, so you, you, you tend to kind of change tack. Like, I've, I've been, uh, I've been lucky enough to like just to meet with kind of good response to what I've been doing, you know. So I've kept going. But changing tack may not be that easy in something as that's creative. Like, you know, it's one thing if you're a carpenter or, or a bricklayer or something. You know, there's rules to what you follow. But if what you're doing is reaching inside you to be creative. Um, change in tack is, is not the same ballgame. Well, I suppose it, it would mean. Well, you know, like. like no, would, you, would you have to go into therapy kind of change tack? <laughs> I've, I've known some people who, like, deliberately, like, shipwreck their own lives in order to make father for songwriting. <laughs> They'll just break up with their long-term girlfriend because they haven't written a song. They've just sung in six months. That's <laughs> our fault. So. <laughs> they need the pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like as well, it's just a hard truth that... So, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. No. Like, you know, like what you bring to the table is you. Um, yeah, I guess it's just rather kind of have my parents to thank for it, kind of like a just a good, like I say, a good recipe of uh, of kind of sensitivity, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. Your, um, if you're kind of aware of other people and that your your struggles aren't very different to theirs, and I don't know. I've always just I've always enjoyed this, and I guess changing tack in that way, like, is something I probably wouldn't do now because I enjoy it so much without the external approval that I could just I could just do it as a hobby and be a stonemason. If there was enough, right? But the external approval is happening without you necessarily getting it in the same way as someone else, because otherwise your career would not be on track. With just booking agents wouldn't want to book you, um, stuff like that. So yeah. the external doesn't have to be, as you know, that you've sold a million copies of an album. If nothing, to be anything wrong with that. No. That'll be alright. But, um, yeah, but it, I guess, I, like, it's been enough so far, like, thankfully, that I've been able to kind of not have to supplement it with another job. You know? Right. Which nowadays is getting more and more difficult the way the industry has changed. This, this industry, technology has changed a lot. And it's just not as lucrative on the on the stay-at-home end, you know, but you have to go out and play gigs and sell tickets to... Yeah, because there was a time I remember saying that um, you performed, was it, uh, you sold CDs uh, to get a, a gig or is it the other way around, but now you need to get out there to get the gig, to, to, whereas the CD sales isn't there. No, yeah. and the streaming type uh, model is... Uh, it kind of it, it, it kind of preys on people's will for for attention, I guess. You know, like 
Well, it also, I suppose, allows in a negative way a cherry picking because you know you put out an album and you have 10 12 tracks on it and buried in the 10 or 12 tracks or two or three that are a different soul quality but someone puts on the cd and they're going to hear that and over a period of time to get the message whereas on the streaming you say well i want that 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 and that and skip over what would be those other ones maybe yeah yeah it does it does tend to uh to, to boost the signal of the whatever whatever happened to be the more popular yeah. song it's, in that way it kind of works like radio but i think there's still the um an appetite for for music i think there's still I don't know if there would be like a decrease in the in the population of proper music fans, because like, music is having the same effect on people as it always has, mm-hmm. I imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of it's so beneficial and so interesting that you can't think that people won't continue to seek it out. I would I would say I'd have to agree with you, but I think they'll seek it out in different ways. I don't know. Do you? do house concerts or do you do small venues where it's small enough that that it's that intimate yeah. and I think there's probably the current model is going more in that direction that um, people are more inclined to say you know you're coming through and um, like I hate to say it but you know if you were to come through in, in Ottawa um, I'd be hoping I could get a hundred people to come out. Yeah. Because people are spies for choice. You, you mean that... I mean that, that there's in, in a large urban centre, yeah. there's such a wealth of so you, variety. You'd be lucky to get a hundred people I'd be, to come out. I'd be, yeah. if, I thought I got, if I got a hundred, I'd be thinking I did well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... It's almost going back to the old Shanaki model, isn't it? The first to come out to the house. Whereas if I put you into a house, I don't have the overhead, and you can come out of it financially better than if I put you into a venue. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think the last time I was in Ottawa, I did a house concert. Was it Ottawa? It was, yeah. I've forgotten exactly where, but that was the model. Yeah. Um, I've done a few of them in right. San Francisco and yeah. Like yeah. They're, they're good, like, I mean, because they do, like you say, that they have their own little pod of an audience that yeah. the, the host has gathered, and then yeah. a lot of the people just come along for the sociality of it. And yeah. And you're going, to, you're going to sell some CDs out of it? And yeah. Yeah. A little bit more kind of social or something. Like just it's more intimate. Yeah. More, yeah. It's nice. So here we are in New Orleans. What's the, the plan of action? Um, I've the been doing the dry January thing. I'm driving myself cracked. I think I might break tonight. I might break five days early. New Orleans looks like too much fun. Like, you know. um, You're not telling me you need more misery to write a song in the morning, are you? Well, <laughs> to be truth. The hangover is actually a very useful tool for creativity. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not a very wholesome thing to say, but it's kind of 
Do you ever notice like if you if you have a hangover that you're more sensitive, and if there's a kind of a sad movie on, you're more likely to kind of like I cried at Forrest Gump one morning. <laughs> so you kind of have you're not quite yourself. Right? So if you're if you're if you're trying to create something, it's kind yeah. of good not to be yourself because you're going to be more. You're always kind of looking for something different. Okay. The original. Okay. Yeah. So if there's some version of you that arrives on a Sunday morning that just would rather be anyone else, then that that can be conducive. I know that's not like good for the World Health Organization is not going to quote me on that, but like it's kind of true for me at least. <laughs> so um, you've done a few showcases. Have you ever been at a anything like this before? I was in Kansas two years ago. I've had to. Version of this, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's different, yeah, yeah. It's good. I mean, it's cool to see all this. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the of the Cluster Stephen Of course, you just get to meet all the interested people. At two Not that they're all here, but at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the hallway is like it's hard to describe, isn't it? Yeah. To people who haven't seen I know. it before, like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go back and tell someone what this is like, the, the language won't do it justice. Yeah. No, no. It's like the, the, the liveliest flower is, is doesn't isn't a patch on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gas <aspect, right? laughs> So um, yeah. So you've oh here the armor rhymers are coming again. Uh, <laughs> But um, so uh, after, after, after you finish up here, where are you after next? Um, I'm going to have a gig in Nashville on Tuesday. Right. And I'm going to Los Angeles after that for like a production meeting slash. I think it's a co-writing arrangement. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, keep hacking away. Good, good. Well, Mick, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great to the chat with you. too. Getting to know you and finding out what the commonalities are, yeah. which, which are always interesting. And the best of luck in the future. Thank you very much, Arthur.